1: there are prophecy, I believe in prophecy. I believe in it but we have to be extremely careful when we're told something. We have to be extremely careful if the Lord wants you to do something he's going to confirm it through his word. He's going to confirm it in many ways. Other believers can use the Word of God to encourage us they can warn us, they can even correct us but beware of letting other believers tell you what God's will is for your life.
0: There may come a time when you hear God told me this, and while, yes, God still uses prophets to speak to His people, you must tread carefully around those kind of statements. Today, Pastor Dave will encourage you to check all things against God's Word in the Bible and seek God personally in prayer for discernment. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Kings chapter 13 as he continues his message, Disregarding the Warnings of God.
1: I read this great comment by one of, the, one of the commentators. A compromising servant of God muddies the waters and confuses the saints. We've got to be so careful when we compromise the word of God. When we're told something by God, we've got to be so careful to do what we're supposed to do. It also reminds me of Daniel. In the first chapter of Daniel, when he's taken away, him and his buddies, when they're taken away, and they're put into the king's harem, and they're going to be fed all these delicacies and all these wonderful things. And Daniel says, I can't eat those things. I can't do that because it's against my religion. It's against my God. And he purposed in his heart that he would not defile his God. And he came against the chief of the eunuchs and says, I can't do this. He said, I'll make a deal with you. Give me 10 days. And if my countenance isn't the same or better after those 10 days, then I'll eat the delicacies. And what happened? You know the story. His countenance was so good, so great, and so wonderful that they started feeding all the other kids the same food. Because he he showed the, the love of God. So if the Lord tells you to do something, you do it. And this can be hard sometimes. But you stay with that one thing. The man of God right now is walking the walk. Right now he's walking the walk, and he's doing what is right in the sight of the Lord. That's going to change in a couple minutes. Let's read the rest of the whole chapter, all the way down to 33. Now, an old prophet dwelt in Bethel, And his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. They also told their father the words which he had spoken to the king. And their father said to them, Which way did he go? For his sons had seen which way the man of God went who came from Judah. Then he said to his sons, "'Saddle the donkey for me.' So they saddled the donkey for him, and he rode on it, and went after the man of God, and found him sitting under an oak. Then he said to him, "'Are you the man of God who came from Judah?' And he said, "'I am.'" Then he said to him, come home and with me and eat bread. And he said, I cannot return with you nor go in with you, neither can I eat bread nor drink water with you in this place. For I have been told by the word of the Lord, you shall not eat bread nor drink water there, nor return by going to the way he came. He, the prophet, the old prophet said to him, I too am a prophet as you are. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord saying, bring him back with you to your house that he may eat bread and drink water. He was lying to him. So he went back with him and ate bread in his house and drank water. Now it happened, as they sat at the table, the word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back, and he cried out to the man of God who came from Judah, saying, Thus says the Lord, because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the commandment which the Lord your God commanded you, But you came back and ate bread and drank water in the place of which the Lord said to you, eat no bread and drink no water. Your corpse shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. So it was after he had eaten bread and after he had drunk that he saddled the donkey for him, the prophet whom he had brought back. When he was gone, a lion met him on the road and killed him. His corpse was thrown on the road, and the donkey stood by it. The lion also stood by the corpse. And there men passed by and saw the corpse thrown on the road and the lion standing by the corpse. Then they went and told it in the city where the old prophet dwelt. Now, when the prophet who had brought him back from the way heard it, he said, it is the man of God who was disobedient to the word of the Lord. Therefore, the Lord has delivered him to the lion, which has torn him and killed him, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke to him. And he spoke to his son saying, saddle the donkey for me. And they saddled it. Then he went and found his corpse thrown on the road and the donkey and the lion standing by the corpse. The lion had not eaten the corpse nor torn the donkey. And the prophet took up the corpse of the man of God, laid it on the donkey, and brought it back. So the old prophet came to the city to mourn, to bury him. And then he said to the he laid the corpse in his own tomb, and they mourned over him, saying, Alas, my brother. So it was, after he had buried him, that he spoke to his son, saying, When I am dead, then bury me in the tomb where the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. For the saying which he cried out by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel and against the shrines on the high places which are in the cities of Samaria will surely come to pass. Is that a bizarre story or what? I mean, that's really a, a strange story. It's confusing. The older prophet hears that the man of God and wants to meet him, and probably heard the great and miraculous things he did. He did with the king, and he heard all these things by his sons. So he goes after the man of God, and he gets him, and he says, "Come to my house." He lied to him. Why? Why did he lie to the guy? Well, we're not hundred percent sure because it doesn't tell us why he lied. He was a prophet, but he lies to this guy. He was star for spiritual fellowship. He was an old prophet. Maybe his prophetic days were over. I don't know. Obviously, they weren't because he hears from the Lord again. Was he jealous? Now, remember, he was an old prophet living in Bethel. Why didn't the Lord send him to the king? Why didn't the Lord pick him up and send him to the king? It doesn't say. We can only think about what's going on here. There's so many questions. Why did he weep over the young prophet's death when he basically caused it? Then he goes and buries the man. Why was he trying to atone for his sin? I don't know. It's interesting to me that very soon after the man of God delivered God's message, temptation came his way. As soon as he delivered the message, temptation came. First the king said, come to my house. No. And then the old prophet lied to him. The old prophet lied to the guy. The old prophet deliberately tempted the young prophet to disobey the Lord's command. Who's at fault? This the big question, who's at fault? Well, the old man should have tempted the young prophet. But the young man should have listened to the word of the Lord and kept moving. I mean, come on. The man of God of Judah listened to the lie of the prophet of Bethel. and He did this for several reasons. The prophet from Bethel was probably older, so you respect your elders, thinking he's, you know, more of a prophet than I. He was identified with the man of God. I am a prophet just like you. He claimed to be a spectator, but the angel spoke to me. The prophet of Bethel claimed that the Lord spoke to him too. So he got a lot of crazy things going on here. No matter how natural or seductive this enticement was, it was the duty of the man of God to resist it. God had given him specific commandments. When God gives you a specific thing, you are to obey it. You cannot go by what men say. It's always scary when someone comes to you and tells you, Lord told me what you're to do with your life. The Lord told me that you have to do this. First of all, if that's ever happened to you, I hope and I pray that you went to the word of God to check out what the person was saying. Now there are prophets, there are prophecy. I believe in prophecy. I believe in it. But we have to be extremely careful when we're told something have to be extremely careful. If the Lord wants you to do something, he's going to confirm it through his word. He's going to confirm it in many ways. Other believers can use the word of God to encourage us. They can warn us. They can even correct us. But beware of letting other believers tell you what God's will is for your life. I have a funny example. My lovely wife went to the Calvary Chapel Senior Pastors Wives Conference in 1997 in Murrieta Springs, California, where Calvary Chapel Bible College is. A beautiful I've been there. What a gorgeous place it is. She went there and she was just blessed beyond belief. I mean, she for a whole week, she got blessed absolutely beyond belief to the point of seeing one of her favorite uh, TV shows being filmed and and getting to dance with Gregory Hines and all kinds of crazy things happened to her. It was her dream come true. So she gets home and the first thing she says to me is, I think the Lord told me that you need to go to Calvary Chapel Bible College. And I said, where? In Marietta." Yes, you need to go there. And I thought about it a while and I spotted, I said, hon, don't you think if the Lord wanted me to go to Calvary Chapel Bible College, he would um, tell me? Well, I did go to Bible college, but not there. But it was a long time later. It was some nine years later that I went to Bible college. But what I'm trying to get at is you've got to be very careful when people tell you what the Lord told them that you're supposed to do. we got to be careful with those kind of things. We've got to be extremely careful. You know, I think it's important. Why? Because everybody has an opinion. And there's safety in the multitude of counselors according to Proverbs. But are you advice shopping? I think I should go to Bible college. So I'm going to ask, well, oh, Thea, what do you think? Nah, you shouldn't go. Oh, you should go. Okay, you can come with me. You know, you know, I'm going to go around and I'm going to advice shop and try to find out who's going to agree with me. And then when somebody agrees with me, they go, what? word of the Lord right there. We got to be careful when someone comes to us. Now, again, I believe in prophecy. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. And Paul says, I would that you would all prophesize. I believe in prophecy. It's one gift that I would love to see us have here at Calvary Chapel. I agree with it. But we need to be careful when it comes to somebody else. We need to be very careful. Take it back to the word of God. We need to take it back to the word of God. The Lord has a way of telling you what he wants you to do. He has a way of describing what he wants you to do. Here, he was trying to get Jeroboam's attention. All these things were set up so he could get Jeroboam's attention. Jeroboam, you're going the wrong way. I'm sending a man of God to you who's prophesying against the altar, who's saying it's going to split in half, who's prophesying it is? is. You say, get arrested. Your hand withers. He prays for you and your hand comes back. Jeroboam, get the picture? So here we have this man of God who is, is, is really now deceived by this old prophet he's deceived by this old prophet I have a hard time wrapping my head around this I'm having a hard time deciding what's going on here maybe the young prophet was filled with pride because what had taken place I don't know I mean he did see the man's hand healed if you've ever had a healing like that you might be puffed up too I mean he he did see that he did see the, the, the altar split open I don't know I don't know One of the commentators I read said this, by telling a lie, the old prophet tempted the young prophet. But by going back to Bethel with the old prophet, the young prophet tempted himself because he was out of God's will. God had specifically told him not to do that. And my point here is, God had told the young prophet to go. If God didn't want him to go, he told him not only to go, but don't eat while you're there. Surely, if God had wanted him to eat, God would have told him. If you have that kind of relationship with God, God would tell you. What's even stranger is while they're eating, the Lord does send the word through the old prophet. He sends the word through the old prophet. And he says, wait a minute, wait a minute. Even though the prophet is out of God's will, he sends the word through the old prophet and says, you're not going to be buried with your father because you disobeyed the Lord. This is bizarre. It was the old prophet who caused this guy to disobey the Lord. And now he has a word for the Lord saying, you're going to die. You're going to be buried with your... doesn't tell him it's going to be a lion. And that's a whole other story. The lion and the mule and the passers-by. This is crazy. This is crazy. Because guess what? The lion kills the young prophet. Doesn't eat him doesn't eat the mule that hangs around, and the lion hangs around. People walk by, see the lion and the mule and the dead guy, and the lion's just sitting there. So what? I killed him. What do you want? I mean, nothing happens. Come on. You don't find that strange? I'm I'm like, wait a minute. What is going on here? It it is so interesting, everything that's happening. But, But God is trying to warn Jeroboam. He's trying so hard to warn him against what he is doing. All these events were indeed another warning to the king. It was you had better start following the Lord. Is the, God, is, is the Lord warning you today of something? Are you out dabbling? Are you out and about doing things that maybe you shouldn't be doing and things are happening And you're like, why is this happening? Why is that happening? Maybe you think you need to take a better look at it. Maybe you think you need to take a better look and go, wait a minute. Maybe this is from the Lord. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I should be getting back to him. The old prophet encourages the young guy, and he publicly declares that the prophecy that he made against the Bethel order is going to come to be fulfilled 300 years later. But the sad part is nothing had an effect on the king. Now, one thing has an effect on the king. After this event, Jeroboam did not turn from his evil way. Says it all right there. But again, he made priests from every class of people for the high places. Whomever wished, he consecrated them. And he became one of the priests of the high places. And this thing was the sin of the house of Jeroboam as to exterminate and destroy it from the face of the earth. He made priest. You want to be a priest? You're a priest. He made himself a priest. He's going directly against God's law. If he would have just turned and started following the Lord, the Lord would have done a wonderful thing in his life. God dealt with the man of God from Judah, Warning Jeroboam, but the warning wasn't heeded. He didn't even care. In ancient Israel and in Deuteronomy, there is a strict separation between the office of king and priest. It's a strict. Jeroboam had great opportunities, especially in the light of the promise of God from Ahijah. The same principle works in the servants of God today. We are not called because of obedience. We are not called because of obedience or used out of merit, but our disobedience hinders our potential use. When we are disobedient to God, our potential use is hindered. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2:21, 2, "Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, the works of dishonor, he will become a vessel of honor." Sanctified and useful for the master, prepare for every good work. God uses vessels of honor. He uses those who are separate. What do you think holy means? Come out from them and be separate. Holy means to be set apart. Usefulness and preparation to the full's potential. But sadly, Jeroboam <laughs> becomes basically a prototype. He becomes a prototype for every king that would follow him in the northern kingdom. Every single king. The phrase that you will read is, he did evil in the sight of the Lord. All these kings, all the way down, are doing evil in the sight of the Lord because they're walking in the way of Jeroboam. And in his sin, he made Israel sin and all the subsequent sins. There's only one exception Only one exception to this, and that's in 1 Kings 16, verses 30 through 31. And it's not a good exception. It's a king by the name of Ahab, and he was worse than Jeroboam. So he outdid Jeroboam. Jeroboam had a great opportunity, but it became a great curse to every generation in the northern kingdom of Israel. At the end of the kingdom of Israel, Jeroboam's sin was remembered, for he tore Israel from the house of David, and they made Jeroboam the son of Nabat king. Then Jeroboam drove Israel from following the Lord, and made them commit spiritual adultery. Spiritual adultery. Let's look, all in all, the Jeroboam is an example of sinful failure. What did he do? He failed despite great blessings and favor from God. Think about it. Jeroboam had great blessings, but he failed. We have great blessings from God. Read Ephesians 1, the blessings that we have from God through Jesus Christ. But he failed despite these. Jeroboam failed for the sake of mere political advantage. He wanted to get ahead, he wanted to be, be popular. He failed another in nation into idolatry, which probably was his biggest failure leading the nation into idolatry and causing them to sin. He failed even though he had specific warnings to repent. He failed despite the specific judgment and deliverance from that judgment, the hand. And he failed despite a clear message and example of integrity by the man of God. But even through all that... In chapter 14, he gets even more warnings. He even gets, see how wonderful, beautiful God is? How long-suffering he is with us? How we see all this, that this guy, you know, it's lucky one of us wasn't God. You know, like a bug zapper. Jeroboam, just think. So what can we learn from this? What, what, what can we take from it? What, what is our take from this? In the Word of God, there are many, many different things that we can read. And there are many, many different warnings that we need to look at and heed when we read through them. The Word of God reproves us, it corrects us, it encourages us, it strengthens us, it helps our faith. The Word of God does all these things. It's sharper than a two edged sword, it's living, it's alive. And as we read it, we need to glean from it that which is speaking to us about individually. And God would use it to warn you. And he may send one of us. He may send one of your brothers or sisters to you and go, you know, man, you're really walking a bad path. God may do something in your life to warn you. There may be a calamity. There may be a problem. There may be a trial. There may be an affliction. There may be something in your life that God's trying to get your attention so that you will stop doing the things you're doing. We serve a gracious and wonderful God. He's abounding in grace and abounding, but He's also long suffering, praise God. See, He doesn't want to see anyone perish, He doesn't want to see anyone fail. And he wants to answer your prayers, but we do so many things that hinder our prayers when we don't obey him, when we, don't, when we disregard his warnings. And I think that's what I'm learning anyhow from this. This is what I'm learning. And I challenge each of you, I challenge each of you to take these 34 verses, read through them and see what God would tell you about them. See what God would show you about them. He, he, he might, which is, I know this is what he does. He might show you different things that I pulled out here. He might show you different things that he wants to show you specifically using this verses. Because that's what God does. He tailor makes it for you. He tailor makes it for you in your life where you are right now. So don't just sit here at a Bible study. The the idea is go back and read it for yourself. Go back and look at it and read through it. And and maybe take some notes and go, ooh, look at that or this or that. I read through it three or four times before I came across that word, your, in in verse 6. And all of a sudden it hit me and said, wait a minute. He's asking somebody to pray to your God. You pray to your God for me. Jeroboam should have prayed to God himself. He had the right as a child of Israel. He had a right to pray. Maybe he knew his prayers were going to be hindered, I don't know. You are sure.
0: We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on Assure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. There you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank, available to listen to, download, or even share with your friends and family, all free of charge. Just look under the Messages tab. You can listen to additional teachings from this series in 1 Kings or jump to another book of the Bible. Each book gives some useful insight into God's plan for you and the world you live in. We trust that A Sure Hope is an encouraging program for you, and if you're without a church family, we'd love for you to join us. If you happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to meet you in person for a time of worship and Bible study right here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet weekly on Sunday at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m., and you can find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. If you live further away or are unable to come in person, we understand and we'd still love for you to be part of our church family virtually. You can join us for Church Online through Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just follow the links that are available at assurehoperadio.com and don't forget to like and subscribe to keep up to date with the latest information. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but we are grateful that you were a part of our listening audience today. Be sure to join us again next time for more from First Kings right here on Assure Hope.